Let me ask you a question. Do you like hot sauce? Of course you like hot sauce. Everybody likes hot sauce. And I got to tell you that my favorite hot sauce for at least the last five years has been the secret aardvark habanero sauce. And that's why I am incredibly excited to say that this week's episode is brought to you by secret aardvark. I'm not kidding when I say that it is my favorite sauce. This is like a this is like worlds colliding right now in, in such a cool way. But uh, let's talk about their habanero hot sauce. It's it's their OG sauce, um, and they've created a unique Caribbean Tex-Mex hybrid made with flavorful habanero peppers and roasted tomatoes. Um, it's a great sauce, a marinade, or a holistic cure-all. Um, it was featured on Hot Ones Season 4. Um, so that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Uh, and it's not just the the uh, habanero sauce that they have either i was recently sent their fabulous foursome which is four different sauces that includes the original habanero aardvark sauce but it also has the serrana banero green hot sauce the drunken garlic black bean sauce and the drunken jerk jamaican marinade and um every meal that i've had lately i've had four bottles of of, uh, of sauces around me because I, I can't decide which one I want. Obviously, some work better than with some, some stuff than others, but uh, this drunken garlic black bean sauce is kind of uh, kind of rocking my world. Hannah has already made um, a really nice uh, like breakfast taco mix with uh, using a couple of them, actually. So you can use these in recipes or just as your classic sauce. I think the habanero sauce is... Um, is really really good on almost any kind of breakfast food but it's also here's a little hot tip no pun intended very good on macaroni and cheese i like heat in my sauce but i don't like when the heat is like on the painful level and i don't like when the heat overpowers the flavor and i think the reason the aardvark sauce is my favorite the habanero is the heat to flavor ratio is is as good as any sauce I've had. Um, and that habanero flavor is just, it's such a distinct flavor and it's so good. And um, it's hard to get a habanero sauce right without it lighting your face on fire. And this one, well, it can light your face on fire if you use enough of it. But the great thing is, is the flavor is so good, you can use just a little bit of it and you still get the good the good heat and the good flavor. I've gone off script. I am just speaking from the heart right now, but uh, yeah, please head over to uh, secretardvark.com to learn more about these awesome sauces and uh, help out a cool Portland company and help out your favorite podcast while you're doing it. I highly recommend you start with the Fabulous Foursome package. For under $30, you can get a bottle of each of their sauces. Come on. What are, you, what are you waiting for? Shipping anywhere in the U.S. SecretArdvark.com Hello and welcome back to Podular Modcast. My name is Tim Held and this week we have the return of Akil Adam. Um, Akil was on the show not too long ago, but I had him back on for a couple reasons. One is he does have a new album coming out, and we will be talking about that. But the other reason I wanted to have him on is, you know, I like to have repeat guests to come on and kind of share some of their secrets. And uh, so, yeah, I had I had Akil 
create a patch to walk us through, and then we'll listen to it at the end of the show. Um, but this is a real treasure trove of um, patch techniques and just uh, kind of patch philosophy, really. We kind of get into the weeds, and if uh, if you're out there and you're kind of just getting started, or you know somebody who's just getting started, this is the episode for you or them. Um, very. This is this is one of the more educational episodes, I would say. Um, so yeah, I want to say thank you to Akil for coming back on and sharing his wizardry with us. Before we get into this chat, though, I have got just a bunch of stuff that I want to tell you about. Uh, the first thing that I want to tell you about is the uh, the show that happened last weekend with uh, with our Benny and Leandrel and what we talk about at the Good Shepherd Chapel Space. Um, such a great show, such a great venue. It was put on by Basement State. Hopefully I'm going to have Basement State on the show soon so y'all can get to know them. But after this show, I am re- very, very excited to see what they do in the future. Excellent visuals uh, done by Brian Barrett, a.k.a. former Seattle. Um, so yeah, after that, I got to spend the, the next day Actually, well, after the show, I got to go out with, um, it was really funny. I got to go out with like four of my absolute favorite musicians who are also all my friends, which is, uh, is a pretty unique position to be in. And it was one that I was kind of like in my head as I'm walking over to this bar with these guys, like taking a moment to be like, clock this, be grateful for this, be present for this. This is really cool. Um, but yeah. Hank, a.k.a. Mousy Magazine, Kyle Swisher, a.k.a. Dark Sparkler, R. Benny, and then my, my buddy David Lutz, who you've heard me talk about a lot. And I, I got to go and just hang with those guys and, and have, uh, have a couple beers. And then we went and got some Dick's Burgers and fries. And I think some people got some shakes. And it was, uh, it was just a great night. And then the next day, Old Austin, a.k.a. R. Benny, um, I brought him to a little pizza party at our friend's house, and we hung out, and then I took him on a, a ferry ride across the Puget Sound, um, and that was really fun, and I did some field recording out there, and Austin got to take some pictures, and yeah, it was just a really, really cool, fun weekend, and uh, next weekend, or this weekend, if you're listening to it right, right, on, right now, today, of course you're listening to it right now. <laughs> What does that even mean? Um, this weekend, our Benny will be in Colorado, and so will I. We, are, we will be playing a show in Denver Friday night, and then we're both going to do a workshop in Boulder on Saturday. Uh, so go check out Colorado Modular Synth Society's page for all those details, or the link will be in the show description. It's a bit daunting to look at this lineup of this show to see who I'm playing with, so um I'm instead of being paralyzed with fear and self-doubt by that, I'm going to try to use it as motivation to make a killer set. I still have to make that set though, so we'll see what happens. So if you're in Colorado next weekend or this weekend, why don't you come see what happens? In other news, I mentioned last week that we put an offer in on a house and it was accepted. And if you know anything about houses, there's a lot more to it than that. So just because the offer is accepted doesn't mean you get the house. But we have cleared most of the hurdles. The last hurdle is one that um, is hardly never cleared, and that is the the, uh, appraisal. But the people who are loaning us the money are the ones that are doing the appraisal. And I think they want to loan us the money. So... We got the house, so we are going to be moving for sure to Tacoma. Um, 
bittersweet. I was with Austin on the ferry riding back into Seattle at night and just seeing the nice Seattle night skyline and being like, oh, this was a bad thing to do like a couple weeks before you decide to move out of this city, like do one of the coolest things you can do and see the best view of the city. But that's right. I won't be too far away. I can always come back and check it out. But yeah, it's an exciting time. Um, it is nerve wracking, but I am excited. I'm excited to set up a new studio and hopefully get a new video rig going because I still want to try to do video episodes. I just have to. Uh, well, I couldn't I couldn't really invest in the new rig while buying a new house. That would have been incredibly irresponsible. And I am sometimes irresponsible, but I'm trying to change that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's what's going on with me. I'm really excited to go on this trip to Colorado. Really excited to come back from that trip and instantly start packing and uh, start moving. I am trying to convince my wife that movers are absolutely essential. She seems to think that we can get friends to help us. I think that I don't want to help my friends move, you know? Like maybe that makes me a jerk, but come on. What's like one of the worst things to do is move. Um, so if you guys all want to tag Hannah in the <laughs> Instagram post about this episode and help me convince her that we need movers, that would be kind of funny. Um, also speaking of in the comments of the, uh, the Instagram post about this episode, at the end of the episode, I will be revealing a way that you can Get in on the comments for this episode to enter to win a vinyl record from Mystery Circles and Akil Adam. So stay tuned for that at the end of the show. One final note, we are down to um, a literal handful of Bleep Bloop 2000s over at After Later Audio. So thank you to everybody who's picked one up. Um, keep the videos coming. Keep the fan art coming. It's been a lot of fun. Um, hopefully the, the next pod mod module will be, uh, will be something that becomes a reality in less than a year. And, uh, that's all possible because of everybody who picked up a bleep loop, um, means a lot. And speaking of after later audio, the dirty laundry is also out. It came out at the same time as the bleep loop and it is a destructive harmonics generator with some of the craziest normalization I've ever experienced in a module. It's, I think it's the, it's, it's hands down the, the best design. It's the best original design from after later audio. I think it's a very special module. Um, so yeah, you should, you should check that out. I did a pretty cool demo video on the after later audio YouTube page. Um, and I'm currently working on a demo video for the Benjamin V2. And the more I, the more time I spend with this, the more I start realizing that the Benjamin V2 with the two expanders is, I don't like to speak in absolutes too much when it comes to best or worst or whatever, but this is one of the most powerful and fun and unique modules I have ever laid hands on. It is insane. Um, so yeah, that video should be out soon too. So keep an eye out for that. You can find out more about all these modules at afterlateraudio.com. Um, just a couple on honorable mentions here. I'm going to hopefully be getting into some demos and and try to talk about them more, but I've, I've got a few new modules that have been just so much fun to use. The, the Schlappy Engineering Boundary 
It's uh, it's like a function generator with a VCA on it. Also, some really cool normaling going on on that. Um, lots of cool CV options. And then there's the Sync 3 from Starling. It's one of the VIA uh, series modules. It's one of the easiest things to make beautiful, like, in-tune, multi-melodic lines with a handful of modules. Just, in, like, it's just fun. It sounds great, and it's... Uh, I'm still I'm still figuring it out, but um, I can tell it's much deeper than I have gone. But the waters in which I have swam have been fun and nice and cool. Was it did that did that work? I think it worked. And then the inertia from New Systems Instruments. It's not out yet. It will be coming out soon. But another crazy kind of function generator. Yeah, it's. It's more than all of that, but I, I haven't got that far with it. But uh, new systems, instruments, everything I've I've seen or heard from them has been pretty pretty impressive. Um, I think that's my rant for this intro. I want to remind everybody who's got a Zoya Euro Bureau module as a result of hearing about it here on Podular Modcast. Don't forget to fill out that warranty card and on the little section where it says "Where did you hear about this?" Fill out Podular Modcast. It would, uh, it would help it would help both of us out um, I think that's it for the intro let's 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 uh, let's chat with uh, with Akila Dunn. I think it'll be fun new stuff and then having a hard time learning it all yeah um, but that's not what we're here to talk about you've got a new album and it's not released yet right right yeah when does it come out uh, October 26th, I believe. Okay. So very soon. Yeah. Very soon. Um, and is this coming out on wax? Yeah. My first, okay. I guess, full album on vinyl, which is pretty exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. David's starting to do like full, like not just compilations on, on vinyl, yeah. but like he's doing like individual artists. Are you the second? I think so. Yeah. He's done a couple compilations, I think on vinyl. Right. And then the Art second Ray. album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, I definitely wanted to have you on to talk about that. I, I've been listening to it this morning while, you know, getting stuff ready and listen and, and drinking coffee. And I've got some things to say about it. Um, awesome. Good, good things. Um, <laughs> but I also wanted, cause you, you weren't, you weren't, uh, you were on not that long ago. Right. So I was thinking like, well, I, I, I we got the backstory and everything. So I definitely want to talk about the new album, but I like to have repeat guests, especially people who I know have like a lot of like a lot of people really like your music and, and mm -hmm. you know, want to know about how you patch. So I wanted to also have you on to share some of your secrets so you can maybe like <laughs> teach people how to patch like Akil Adam, maybe. Yeah, let's go for it. All the tricks of the trade are coming out. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of your tricks, and, and you mentioned this when we were talking a little bit before recording, was you have a lot of stuff, a lot of gear. <laughs> you have a lot of you have a lot of avenues to choose to go down. And and I'm working on a project right now where, for the first time in a long time, I am finding myself really stretching out in my studio. Like yeah. I've been using such a small setup because I'm doing all these remote performances most of the time. Now that I'm in the studio and I get to create something that's like for a specific project, I need way more tools and yeah. <laughs> I have them and I'm, and it feels good to finally like stretch out and use them all. Cause for a while there, 
you know, I'm bringing one little box and I've got all these other boxes lying around and it's hard to justify to, uh, you know, somebody that you're living with, like, why is there shit everywhere? Um, <laughs> but, uh, that's, that's just a little tangent of mine. Um, let's talk about this new album really quick. Yeah. Actually, I don't, I don't even know what it's called. I was just listening to it on the SoundCloud link. Um, no, I don't want a free trial. Is it Swim Simeon? Yep. Yeah. That's a cool name. Thank you. Yeah. Does that have anything to do with like aquatic ape theory? Exactly. Yeah. Does it really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guessed that or, or read it somewhere, but no, I, uh, I, mean, I won't tell I, if you cheated. I know. I didn't. I, I have a, I have a, I am all but masters or all but thesis towards a master's in um, biological anthropology. So I, I, I have a, I have a, BA um, in anthropology and a BS in uh, primate primatology. And then I, yeah, I've done field. So yeah, I'm super into uh, primate evolution. So awesome. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So this is like, you're the perfect person to talk to about this because <laughs> there was some, uh, some, you know, biological uh, exploration I was doing to come up with that title. So maybe you can you know, check me or confirm that I was actually right about it's, it. <laughs> it's been a while. I will say that I have these degrees, but I haven't been in practice and I haven't read anything that's been you know, any recent findings for 12 years, maybe 10 years. So, yeah. And that stuff changes so much. Like I'm pretty sure when I was in school, the running theory was like Neanderthal and Homo erectus went extinct and, and mm -hmm. Homo sapiens went on. Um, and there were people saying, no, I think they kind of interbred and yeah, like Homo sapien or Homo erectus and Homo neanderthal, um, they like, they went extinct, but there was more of like an, uh, we, they bred, we bred into one and yeah. kind of bred into us. Um, yeah. and that was kind of like laughable from some people when I was studying. And now <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that's kind of the accepted yeah. theory. Cause like my wife did 23 and me and she's like, a certain percentage Neanderthal. So I was making sure that. <laughs> That's why I'll never take one of those. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I won't either, because I know I'm more Neanderthal than her. At least I look like it. So I'm not gonna I don't want I don't want to lose that argument. <laughs> um but yeah, yeah, it actually was inspired by the aquatic ape theory. Um I think you might remember with my previous album, Hollow Moon that was also kind of inspired by this. I mean, I guess you'd call it like a conspiracy theory or just mm -hmm. kind of like a left field pseudosciencey type of thing. Right. Um, where, you know, I think, I think these theories are pretty cool um, personally. And they're, also, they're, they're nothing or they're, they're at least interesting, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Fun to think about. Yeah. And for me, I think I like to kind of, think about what they might be like a metaphor for. Ah. Um, so, you know, Hollow Moon was all about like, oh, what if like the moon was actually a lot more fragile than it seemed? Like, mm -hmm. and that was kind of a metaphor for like, you know, you never know what somebody's going through internally or what anxieties or, you know, self-consciousness mm -hmm. they might experience. Um, so with the aquatic ape theory, I was, I was thinking about um, just kind of like a, a fish out of water um, you know, how, uh, I guess for people who don't know the aquatic ape theory is a theory that like at some point in our evolution, humans lived primarily in water, I guess. 
Is it like to, is it part of like explaining why we're a bipedal? Cause we were always like wading in like shoulder deep water. Yeah. And you have like, there's like neurological reactions. Like, you know, our, our fingers, uh, get wrinkly when, when they're underwater. And apparently that's not like our skin is getting wrinkly cause it's saturated. It's like a, some kind of neurological response to feeling wet. Oh, wow. I've yeah. Um, and it's, um, it was like, sorry, I'm getting all excited cause this is like, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm like trying to see if I remember it and that they say that's like good for grip, right? It yeah, exactly. Yeah. Better or something. Yeah. And apparently like babies can swim until they're like six months old, like just right. naturally. Um, so yeah, some people believe that like humans lived, I guess, primarily in water at some point in the evolution. Um, and I thought that was a cool idea just from the perspective of like, you know, on the surface, you're like, like, no way I can't live in water for like my whole life. But mm-hmm. if you really sit down and think about it, I was like, you know, I could see like humans kind of thriving in that environment if, if they needed to. And mm-hmm. I think it's a testament to like general adaptability and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, it is pretty interesting. I So it's like, Cause that's, is that, is that, that's pretty much seated in kind of the, the pop science slash pseudoscience <laughs> yeah, I think so. of, of human evolution. Yeah. It's funny. It's so funny. Cause when you get into that and that's like what you're, you're studying, I, I don't hate, I don't want to burst bubbles here, but that's what <laughs> science does is it bursts a lot of bubbles and, yeah. um, like, I'm just wondering where the, what evidence is is that I have that backs it up other like the stuff that you're saying is all like really like yeah we do have yeah. better grip because <laughs> of that and uh you know why are we bipedal why are we the only bipedal primates and um but like correlation isn't causation you know mm-hmm. so it's yeah. it's but it is I think it's a pretty fun one do you know the uh the stoned ape theory no so the stoned ape theory is is um is uh I think Terrence McKenna, he's like huge into like, you know, psychedelics and studying mm-hmm. like the history of psychedelics with, with culture and human. But it's basically saying that like uh, that our, our self-awareness and like our like seemingly exceedingly uh, evolved consciousness yeah. comes from magic mushrooms. you know in ayahuasca and stuff like that yeah so it's like a fun thing to think about but how do you test that you know right exactly yeah yeah until we have a time machine yeah right (laughs) i love the title though it's it's um it's very uh it's very evocative um Mm -hmm. thank you uh so are you like because now that with that in context i'm thinking about the the tracks especially this first track Mm -hmm. but hold on i'll put a pin in that I'm thinking about the tracks is like, it, is it almost like you're mapping out sonically that kind of that graphic of going from the, the hunched over ape to the, to the walking homo <laughs> or homo sapiens or something like, yeah, I think I, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely not like a concept album, like insofar as like all the tracks are kind of building towards one thing in particular, like there's really a narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what I found was just like all of the tracks were kind of like vaguely inspired by like water in some sense, like, okay. you know, diving like really deep underwater in some like crazy abyss or like the idea of like being at the shore and like seeing the sunrise or sunset or whatever. Okay. Um, 
or you know just the idea of like um like old world explorers like you look at the water and you just wonder like what's on the other side of it yeah you know? yeah could you imagine just being like i'm gonna just go out there and see yeah <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what's out there yeah. <laughs> oh man yeah we talk about that sometimes my wife and i were talking about that like would you have been the person that stayed in a place like Philadelphia or would you have been the one that's like, I'm going to head and see what head out West and see what, what all this, <laughs> all this emptiness is about. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty interesting. I like this idea. Like I want to ask about the water thing. Cause I've all summer I've been, mm-hmm. I've been prodding people <laughs> <laughs> nicely prodding people or let's say encouraging. That's a nicer way to say it, but like to get out and, get in some water, get in a natural body of water. So do you like going swimming? Is that, is that part of oh, yeah. any of this? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, unfortunately haven't been like to the beach or anything for a while, but mm-hmm. I, I've always found it like so relaxing the feeling of like when you're just kind of like floating in the ocean and it just, mm-hmm. you know, is pulling you in different directions or just kind of, yeah. you know, you're just kind of hanging out and it's going to move you around however it wants to. And, I find there's something really like meditative about that. Yeah. And not to be too hippie. Well, this is super hippie dippy, so I'm not going to preface that, but there's <laughs> like, especially going camping or just being in a new area, like around a body of water. If that body of water is kind of, um, if it's kind of like a, a, a focal point of the area, if you're camping by a river or a lake yeah. or on the beach, like there's something good about, like, I call it like just making communion with the area of like mm. getting in it and like, observing its power and like like almost like (laughs) like bowing down to it in a way and being like you are nature and you're bigger than me i want to be you know and like it's a respect thing um so yeah i've I've, i went in rivers lakes and the ocean i went in the Hmm. atlantic ocean for the first time in my life when i was out nice out in the east coast down at cape may in new jersey and it was awesome and yeah. that was, that's where I really, I've never been in waves like that because they were pretty big waves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that power, I've never felt that particular power. And like you said, it's kind of pushing you in all different directions and stuff. And it was uh, at, at times a little like, whoa, where am I? Am I close to the beach or am I getting washed out? But um, it's exhilarating. Yeah. And it really makes you like, you look, like you look at it and it looks like, oh, those are kind of big waves. And then you get in it and you're like, Oh, I have, I can't do anything. Yeah. With those waves. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's a very like East Coast thing for sure, where like you'll just have like six foot waves that just come like 15 in a row every like uh-huh. five seconds. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you, I always thought it was cool. Like you get the option, like, are you going to try to, you know, go under it, jump over it? You're just going to let it do what it's going to do and wash you into, <laughs> into the shore or what? Uh-huh. Yeah. I had, I had a couple that were like, I mean, I could be exaggerating, but it felt like they were like eight to ten feet yeah. tall swells. Yeah. And um just pound me into the ground and just like I yeah. like was on the on the beach, like getting smeared across the beach underwater. <laughs> and it was you know, I was like out there for like ten minutes and I came back on the beach and I was like huffing and puffing. I was like, Yeah, holy shit, that is a workout. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah. And there was once I was trying to do it a couple times, but it's definitely a skill. And I only successfully did it twice, but like as the waves coming to jump mm-hmm. and then actually like float up and like, it like lifted my feet, like four feet off the ground. And I just yeah. like went with the wave. That was, that was a pretty, I was definitely being a, like a, like a stoned, a stoned aquatic ape. <laughs> <laughs> just returning to our roots. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
Well, cool. I'm glad that, I, I mean, that was, that's fun to, to, I never get to talk anthropology anymore. So that was, that was <laughs> I'm glad that you named your album this. That's, that's a cool idea. And I like that. Um, I like that you kind of expounded upon it and made it your own. You mm -hmm. know, used it as like a seed concept to kind of like, yeah. Know. Um, I got to say this first track when like the drums and everything come in. Yeah. I was not expecting that. You don't hear that kind of stuff on modular albums typically yeah. or albums that are in this world that we kind of both uh, inhabit. And uh, I was like, holy shit, this it just sounds big. Yeah. And it's Thank like you. big and epic and like sounds like live drums. Were those yeah, live it is. Drums? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Who's playing? Not me. It's uh, okay. Robbie Gonzalez, who okay. is the drummer for This Will Destroy You. And uh, he's also done some solo stuff with Mystery Circles as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. I was like, if those are samples, I have to get that sample. Because <laughs> this sounds like too good. Um, and are you playing guitar too? Yeah. Yeah. That was. That was one of the only things I didn't play. Okay. Yeah. It sounds like guitar is kind of all over the album. In yeah, yeah. I think this album I really wanted to kind of be a little more performative with it. Because mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, modular music and sequencers and drum machines are, are pretty cool and super inspiring to me. But I think there was a lot of times where I just kind of wanted to, like, take the reins and pick up the guitar and, you know. Yep. have I had something to say so yeah, <laughs> that yeah, was my exactly. way of doing yeah. it yeah and and I feel like it's I don't know I I can't really I can't fully say what I want to say mm -hmm. with just control voltage and sequencers like yeah. I, I need to take the reins too like whether it's through a joystick controller or like a Zorx ribbon controller that I use um but mostly yeah guitar or actual keyboard um, yeah. like the thing I'm working on now, I've built a bunch of stuff with, with my modular, but I'm borrowing my friend's profit eight mm -hmm. and I'm, you know, I'm getting the bass out and stuff because there's something that I'm finding that when I'm listening is lacking in a lot of modular music, not yeah. lacking. That's not the right word. Um, I, I look for something, I look for something else. I think from yeah. music, I think because I'm from a pop rock that's that's my foundation so like having something to latch on to and kind of almost get stuck in your head you know it's hard to get just blinks and you know yeah. that can be really pretty and i make that stuff too but like i've been feeling a lot lately like i've been wanting to say specific things and right. i felt like that's what's going on on this record it was a good mixture of what i love about modular music but also what i think is lacking sometimes from modular music yeah no i think I think that's a really good point. Um, I mean, that's, that's, I think like the, the lesson that I keep learning is, you know, different tools are good at different things. Like you're not mm -hmm. going to hammer in a nail with a wrench or a screwdriver. Right. And right, right. I think modular is great for a lot of things, but when it comes to, you know, the really evocative emotional stuff, it might be a little hard to get out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, and not to say you can't, but I think hard is, is the operative word. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, like a trade-off. Yeah. It takes a lot. Of, like I could write a cool, I could write any sequence that I could play with my hands on a keyboard or a piano. It's going to take me five times as long to do that. Yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah. Um, so I don't really, I don't really write sequences because of that. You know, yeah. I just kind of like, I just get bored, to be honest. I get bored mm -hmm. trying to write a sequence on a sequencer, which 
it's i think maybe i have add or something but <laughs> <laughs> well i think i think modular definitely lends itself to like for me like when i'm using modular i relinquish myself to it i don't go into it with a specific idea because it's never gonna work out i go into it like expecting to be surprised and to discover something yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think as you go on, you kind of learn how to um, maybe put some rails up yeah. around that that kind of surprise or, or that whatever is coming out once you start patching it. But you're right. Like you can't yeah. like you can't fully. I mean, if you have pure digital modules, of course, you can just like make <laughs> it do exactly what you want to do. But that's yeah, like that takes out that's that is the opposite of what I find fun about modular. I like the exactly. exploration side of it and making yeah. the soundscapey stuff. Um, yeah. What? Yeah. So, what kind of uh, what? What do you? I mean, not that this matters. I'm just like just uh, to get a starting point to talk about like what you used on it and how you use like how much of this album is modular. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, so, I think. I'll do it by subtraction. Um, you know, there's drums from drum machines. There's, you know, polysynth chords every now and then and, and guitar. Um, but if you subtract that out, I think the remaining stuff is modular okay. uh, for the most part. Um, yeah, I've kind of settled into this world of like modular being my atmospheric inspiration kind of box mm -hmm. um so it's doing a lot of like the the ambience um you know the the kind of like a, a lot of the songs have like repeating elements that kind of repeat throughout the track to you know give you that sense of like context um mm -hmm. that's modular just because you know it's hard to start and stop stuff in modular or <laughs> yeah yeah mute it or bring it in or whatever um so I think a lot of, if you, I guess, listen really closely to the tracks, there's a lot of stuff that just kind of like continues throughout the entire track as mm -hmm. the song kind of progresses around it. And that steady stuff tends to be modular. Okay. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I've been exploring these days. Kind of anything that's going to be super repetitive yeah. is usually coming from modular and and I like to have that through line on a lot of the stuff, especially if it's yeah. something that's kind of like, like not too in your face as far as like what what's happening tonally or 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 uh, melodically, you know, something yeah. that's just like maybe that you wouldn't know is even there unless you muted it, and then people mm. are like that sounds different, you know, <laughs> that kind of that kind of thing. Um, when you're recording modular, especially for like an album, because I'm assuming this is like heavily multi-tracked stuff yep. yeah um are you doing stereo stuff from your modular or are you kind of like are you doing multi-track stuff from the modular um yeah both i mean my setup i i have like an adat uh connection from my modular to my interface so that gives me eight outputs and the default way that i have it set up is like three stereo channels and two mono channels Okay. Um, but occasionally I'll go like two stereo and four mono or something like that. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to like, I was thinking about, cause I know a lot of people listen to your music and really like, I think aspire to try to do 
stuff that's as high quality as you and, and as mm. skilled as you. So I was also hoping to maybe have you, I guess, did you have any tip? Like if somebody's seeking out, like somebody say somebody's just starting in modular and has never recorded an album, but they're listening yeah. to this right now. Like what would your advice be to them for starting out, like to try to track and record? Um, and this could be on like, inspiration wise gear wise like like yeah what, what's your pitch if somebody said hey akil how do i do this <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i think i've actually been thinking about this a lot um but i think in terms of like finding that like fulfillment and satisfaction with modular um a lot of times what it takes is like a sense of focus um and I think like the world of Eurorack, you know, is so deep and broad that it's so enticing to kind of just like dive headfirst into it and just grab everything off the shelf that seems interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of super cool tools out there, um, but I think it's really important to also like say no to a lot of them um, and to kind of have a very, you know, concise goal of what you want to accomplish with the modular because mm -hmm. um, you know i don't go out buying a drum machine wanting to make it like my polysynth you know right. <laughs> some people do it yeah. but um you know that's that's probably not the first thing that comes to mind so i think likewise it's kind of easy to you know look at the world of modular and be like oh this is my box that's going to do everything and i think i'll probably the best way to start in my mind is looking to it for something specific. So, you know, what I stumbled upon is that like, I love using modular for atmosphere and, you know, generative textures and that kind of stuff. Um, so I've, you know, really tried to focus on that and think about like what purchases can help me get towards that goal. Mm -hmm. um, and now today when I am composing, like I have a a role in mind when I turn to the modular. I say like this is going to be the atmosphere box that's going to you know provide the context for the whole track. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, likewise, you could think about the modular as like, oh, this is my drum rack, or this is my you know techno box that creates three hundred three lines <laughs> or or whatever. Um, but as long as you have that kind of like focus or, you know, real like intent of what you want to accomplish with the modular, I think you can go really far with it. Um, I think the usual pitfall is kind of, you know, trying to get it to do everything all at once. That was my, yeah, that's, that's, it's really funny. You're helping me actually contextualize. It's, it's, it's crazy how these, these talks that I have with people start making me like understand myself more mm, Yeah. as a, as a synthesis and sometimes just as a person, but like everything you just said, rings so true to this thing that I kind of just discovered the other day through mm. another conversation was that the patches that I make at home versus the patches that I would make for a live set are different because I was trying to do what I thought a live set should be. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to make it do everything and yeah. it would kind I would make a really cool patch, but after five minutes, couldn't really do anything else with it. So right. what am I supposed to do for a 20 minute patch? So it was just like, I couldn't figure out how to stretch it out 
because I was trying so hard to make it do, like the more you try to make it do in a funny way, like especially with sequencers and stuff, it's like the more boxed in you get on the actual piece. Yeah, absolutely. Constructing. Um, so yeah, I think that's all really, really good advice is, you know, I think also just doing it a lot, Pat, you know, like <laughs> yeah. if, if you're, if you're trying to, you know, if you're trying to make an album and you go down to, and you sit down for an evening to track an album, don't be worried about it. If you don't actually get a track, right. You're still honing in and, and you're still searching. And if you didn't find what you were looking for, well, at least you found what you know, you're not looking for. <laughs> And yeah, that can be really valuable too. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's it's. I like to try to give advice that to people starting out, but it's so funny every time I hear like I ask people like you to to give people advice, and I think, God damn it, that's good advice. But I know that I wouldn't <laughs> have taken it when I was in that kind of gear acquisition <laughs> syndrome yeah. stage. So yeah. It's like it's like old people telling kids not to be punks, but like it's in your nature to be a punk, but. Somebody out there. <laughs> <listen>. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's such a personal journey also. Uh, like, yeah, I went through the phase, like, you know, for years of just like grabbing everything off the shelf and seeing what's stuck in it. Like, I think the trick is going from like that phase to like the place where you're actually like cognizant of like, what is my goal here? And I think it takes a lot of like, you know, exploration and, and whatnot to get there. But. It does. Yeah. And I think like a lot of people with experience preach a more minimal setup, which I also do too. But I also do want to say that in order to find that minimal setup, I had to go through a lot of modules to see what I liked and what yeah. I, and I wanted, you know? Yeah. Um, and now I kind of look at my whole collection of modules as a couple miniature setups, you know? <laughs> so like if I'm working on something specific and I've got an idea in my head, I can reach for, okay, I know this is the trick. This is the tool for the job. I know that. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's like, I just mentioned on last week's episode, I think that I'm like, Hey, I think I'm getting, I'm actually getting good at this <laughs> because, and I think that's part of it is just being yeah. like, it's not just stumbling being like, well, I guess I'll try this. Like, no, I know this will work for what I'm trying to do, but it yeah. still is like what you were mentioning earlier. It's not going to be exactly what's in my head, but I, I can kind of wrangle this thing to get close. And a lot, most, a lot of the times it's, it's better than what I was thinking of. Or, yeah. So yeah, and it's a it's a fine line to walk because, you know, I have friends who patch up their rig and never touch the cables. You know, from that moment forward, it's an instrument that they play. I do not understand that. I respect <laughs> it, but I do not understand it. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, on the other side, like I, for a long time, I considered my modular to be like a, a library. You know, it's like what which oh, yeah. which random things am I sticking together today? Like, oh I haven't I've never tried this with that and this with that. But uh -huh. I think now I'm kind of in the same boat as you where like, you know, these things are pretty much always patched together. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely I have modules that are like brothers or sisters. Yeah, know? exactly. Like these yeah. these two are are tight homies here. But yep. um <laughs> Please pardon the interruption, but I just have to remind you that Patchworks is a longtime sponsor of the show and uh, longtime friends of mine. Tom and Cindy have uh, really started something beautiful over there, and this new location is fantastic. I was very excited. I got to bring our Benny uh, to the new to the new shop, and um, it's just so so well laid out and 
so many good employees. Everybody there is such a sweetheart. So if you are in the Seattle area or plan on being in the Seattle area, you got to stop by Patchworks. Um, and if not, if you're not in the area or not going to be around here, please visit them at patchworks.com. You can get anything from there. You can get After Later Audio stuff. You can get Novation stuff. You can get WMD stuff. You can get Qubit stuff. You can get Make Noise stuff. You can get Recovery Effects. You can get AI Synthesis. You can get Mystic Circuits. The list goes on and on. Profits? You want some sequential circuit stuff? Go for it. You want some Novation uh, peaks or summits or circuit rhythms or circuit tracks? Look no further than Patchworks.com. That's P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. Okay, let's get back into the show. So let's uh, let's 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 talk about this patch that I asked you to make. I asked yeah. you to make something, and I know it was super short notice. So I want I want to make sure that we give the caveat because you know I didn't give you a whole lot of time. I think I asked you the day before yesterday, like, hey, can you make something that's kind of like? <laughs> well, I want I, I like to have if I have a repeat guest on who I know is a synthesis that a lot of people look up to. I try to have I try to have them like build maybe not a fully fleshed out patch, but like a patch that that kind of feels like it's uh, maybe a good representation of their technique and what they like about, you know, like some of their tricks maybe. And like, yeah. you know, so I'm just kind of curious to dive into this thing and we'll play it at the end, but let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I asked you that, I know you even said like, well, I don't know. It's not a lot of time. So <laughs> you had a time crunch. So like, what was your thought process going into this thing that we're about to listen to? Yeah. Um, so I guess what we were just talking about, you know, there's always like the kind of things that you go back to. Um, mm-hmm. So like I, I feel very comfortable like with a couple kind of like techniques or kind of like patch ideas. Um so, you know, I definitely started there. Um, I also had some random like melody idea in my head. So I, you know, patched that up and went with it. Okay. Um, so I think this this patch is kind of like representative of kind of what I do a lot, which is, you know, there's a little bit of like, uh, I guess you'd call it like targeted or like guided exploration with the modular in terms of like, I know what I'm going to do, but I don't know what the output is going to be. Right, um, right, right. Uh-huh. And and then using that as a vehicle for like, like, oh, you know, the, the actual like point of this song is like this melody or this uh, chord progression or this whatever. Um, so using that as a context, as a springboard to like, um, you know, just, uh, you know, have a song <laughs> basically. Right. It exp- inspires the next piece, <laughs> which then inspires the next piece of yeah. the whole thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I started with uh, Morphogene, which is where I start probably like 90% of the patches that I actually like. Same here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think Morphogene is really cool and unique. Um, Mm -hmm. It it really like epitomizes modular in that way that like it's going to sound cool, but I don't know what it's going to sound like. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yep. Um, And I think it's also a really awesome... Uh, way to get out of the box of like just synthesis and standard synth sounds. Yeah, um, yeah. It's for me. It's a way to kind of like import like some foreign sounds into the modular, which can take it really far. Because you know, like if you sample like something orchestral or piano or whatever, now you have that 
texture, which is something you don't really have in the modular otherwise without mm -hmm. samples. Um, so I sampled a short piece by, uh, by my friend TJ, AKA six missing, uh, okay. shout out to TJ. Um, so I just, you know, took, uh, this kind of like intro to a song that he constructed, which had a little bit of a, you know, synth textures, or I think maybe like some Norns kind of looping piano mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Um, and I use that as the basis and the ambience for the track. Um, so that's the first thing you hear. Um, and yeah, like I said, you know, I use that as a springboard to go forward. Um, once I have that like ambience in place, I feel like I kind of have, uh, actually TJ calls it kindling, you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a way to, you know, get the fire started. Oh, way, I see. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And I feel I always feel like I I need that kind of like sense of kindling. I can't just uh -huh. like sit down at the piano and like write a masterpiece or whatever. I need right. something to go off of. I'm kind of the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Totally. Um, so highly recommend Morphogene for that kind of stuff. If you feel like you're not getting like inspiration from your modular, like I got it's it. a great I, place. I got to show you this just because it's sitting here and I just yeah. did it. But I'm gonna show Akil, but I'll I'll explain to you. I have a Fisher Price. Toyland music box. It's just this little thing that looks like a radio. I've had this since I was a kid. Like I have, I've had this longer <laughs> than I was actually creating memories, but I put this into Morphogene. So I'll just play a little bit of it. Can you hear that? Yeah. Imagine that through Morphogene. Yeah. You know, it yep. just, and then you slow it down, you pitch it down, you grab oh, yeah. it and you, then it's just like put, and then run that through Mimeophone. And it's just like, it, 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 made, it made one of the most beautiful things I've made on modular. And it was like, all I had to do really was like, turn this little dial. Exactly. Else. Yeah. And, but there, but there is like morphogene is kind of like, kind of like clouds in a way that it can sound really good right away, but you also, you have to get to learn its ins and outs. And then you can, I think still be um, uniquely expressive with it. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It, you know, sometimes I'm using it and it feels like a cheat code and other times yeah. I'm using it and I'm like, wow, I just really suck. Yeah. Same here. Same here. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. But, sorry. I totally derailed us there, but, but yeah. So <laughs> the, the kindling, the sample into morphaging is the kindling. Yeah. The kindling. And, um, I mean, I just, you know, I've talked about it so much, but I just, I love atmosphere and what you can get from modular with that. Um, mm -hmm. So another thing that I got going was, um, do you know the the Melodicer sequencer? No. So it's by Vermona, and basically it's a, it has like twelve sliders for all of the notes in the scale, and you just you use the sliders to select how, like, what is the probability that it spits out that note, okay. uh -huh. and it's a cool way to just kind of get random stuff, okay. yeah. uh -huh. <laughs> and you can set it to loop or whatever. Um, but you know, I used that to kind of sequence uh, plats for even more kind of like background, like uh, kind of like the computer garble kind of mm -hmm. <laughs> sound, kind of like uh -huh. like uh -huh. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, through a bunch of like space and mimeophone and, and data bender for uh, even more atmosphere and ambience. So that kind of goes, comes and goes, however it wants to go. Um, so that you know, that plus morphogenia is kind of just blitzing like this really big texture um and 
yeah, then I, I just use that as kind of a vehicle for this uh, melody and baseline that I came up with. Um, and I think in terms of like, you know, how, how are they actually interesting? Um, I think you'll hear the melody is something I sequenced with uh, Metropolix. Um, and, you know, I, I basically programmed in a really straightforward melody, which is like, uh, you know, if you just played it straight, it'd be like, bum, 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 you know, something really, uh-huh. really straightforward like that. Um, but one of the cool things about modular is sequencing your sequencers. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, so I, I clocked the Metropolix with a Euclidean rhythm. Oh, cool. And all of a sudden, you know, that bum, 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 bum becomes like bum, 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 like that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think that that's like one of the coolest things about modular for me as well as, uh, you know, I, I totally could have programmed that rhythm into Metropolis, um, but I thought it would be a little cooler to kind of flip the script and say like, oh, let's have Metropolis do something straightforward and clock it in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's I like that technique of, of do, doing like, even if the, the single module has that function, but try to get that function by like like you said sequencing it with another sequencer because it yeah. will most of the time give you something that you could have got out of metropolis like you said but you wouldn't have thought of doing it that specific way or yeah yeah um yeah yeah and uh yeah so sequencing your sequencers is something really cool that modular it's you know it's really easy to do in modular it's like impossible to do with anything else yeah yeah um, <laughs> Yeah, my other my other favorite thing to do. I didn't do it on this patch, but um, you know, like with uh, like Pam's, I use Pam's to clock my sequencers, and uh, Pam's has that like random skip function. Mm. Um, so you can have a sequencer that kind of only progresses on certain steps. Maybe it only progresses fifty percent of the time. Okay. Um, uh-huh. So that's really cool because sometimes I like program in like a really straightforward melody, but it starts like kind of gets herky jerky. It only progresses in this weird way that you can't really predict. Yeah. And that's kind of falls into this, like the world that I think is a real sweet spot for special, for melodic sequencing and modulars like that semi-random. Yeah. Which yeah, I know, exactly. I think it actually probably doesn't mean anything if you actually break it down because if it's <laughs> semi-random, then it's actually not random. So, but you know, like it sounds like it's random, but there is something that the brain can lock onto as repetitive. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think, you know, I just come up with these like really cheesy, like, you know, 13 year olds first pop song, like melodies or whatever, <laughs> but you know, if you if you kind of massage them in this way, you can turn them into something cool. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, here's a melody, but you know, it's blown out and in this semi-random only occurs once in a blue moon kind of way. Like all uh, of a sudden it gets a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Actually, I do I do a very similar thing. When I'm writing melodies, I'm often like, this is like kind of twee, you know, it's kind of like <laughs> and then I'm, it sounds like it could be in an anime or like a, a 90s yeah. like fantasy RPG or something. But then, yeah, you just fuck it up somehow, like run yeah. it through the morphogene or, you know, like put it through the data bender. I actually just found a new way to use data bender. Oh, yeah. I've been using it as just like doing like the glitchy thing. But mm-hmm. um, 
I found a new way to do exactly what you were just talking about. Say, take something that's nice and sweet sounding and put it in there and it will, it will take it into like Trent Reznor territory pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I was, I was doing, it's like, uh, I was, what is the idea? What's the word? Um, like uh, lullabies by Trent, Trent Reznor. <laughs> that would be an excellent album. That's, that's oh, yeah. I want that. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I guess what we've touched on so far is like, I feel like two of the really cool things from Modular is like one, the inspiration, the kindling, the, the starting point, and two, like just a way to kind of make things more interesting, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, definitely. Like, it, there's just so many different ways to, um, you know, work with it. There's so many different sequencers and ways you can use a sequencer and all of that, that, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like a, an open world for like, you know, taking your own shitty ideas and making them better basically. Yeah. Yeah. So like the, and you can re like, so I've been doing a lot of reamping. Mm-hmm. So like record something into, into my, uh, DAW and then, actually just taking the headphones out of my interface like hmm. and plugging those into morphogene and then recording what i just did and then further expounding upon it there yeah you know yeah. like i think that's a that's a super fun i've even taken stuff that i've made in the daw and then i set my my synth in front of my monitors and use the outboard mic on yeah our bar yep to pick yeah. that up and then process that so like there's all sorts of that's yeah there's so many ways you can kind of take these ideas and destruct them in a way that mm-hmm. becomes like beautifully like calcified or something. Yeah, no, it's, I, I do a similar thing with our part, like just kind of leaving the, leaving it as like a room mic and yeah, totally. it's going to echo back whatever it hears. And uh-huh. it's really cool in that way. Dude, melodica, <laughs> melodica through our bar is, is, is money. That's so yeah. good. <laughs> that's been my thing lately is like picking up like little little instruments like a melodica or or stuff that's like battery powered like uh like the circuit rhythm which is Mm -hmm. insane Mm -hmm. um just anything that i can like run into my arbar or or morphogene you know yeah that i can take with me when i go camping and stuff yeah Um, yeah Sorry, I kind of derailed. Like we're talking about your <laughs> no worries, but you're getting me excited because I think we do a lot of the similar stuff. Like we're using a lot of the same gear, and yeah, I'm finding like I think we're. I don't I don't make nearly as uh, good of music as you, but I, I think I, have <laughs> I don't know about stuff. that. But... I think I'm similar starting point. Um, I want to ask you a question about the morphogene. Just um, yeah. do you, like as far as. Um, as external modulation, are you often modulating it? And if so, mm-hmm. what kind of signals are you sending it and into what parameters? Yeah. Um, so for me, I guess like my kind of default patch is recording whatever into morphogene um, and, you know, a little, a little bit of morph and like the grain at, uh, I think it's gene size at yeah. noon or something like that. Um and then, you know, like one of the things I just do, like basically like, I don't know, 80% of the time is I take that center output of marbles, which is the smooth, random wandering thing. Okay. And I patch that into the slide of morphogene. So it basically just starts kind of wandering around the sample, kind of meandering. It kind of gets into one area and then goes back to some other area. And, and you're kind of like randomly scrubbing through the sample in that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's still kind of musical because it's 
you know, it's always moving kind of adjacent to what it was on before, mm-hmm. um, rather than just kind of like jumping all over the place. Um, so I do that a lot and I really like that because it, I always find that it kind of like spits out like a little implied chord progression or a little implied melody or something. Yeah. And then yeah. from that, I will, you know, get inspiration and sit down with like a, a polysynth or whatever to kind of like formalize that idea. Yeah. And it kind of naturally sounds good with, you know, the thing that inspired it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I play a chord progression and then every now and then Morphogene kind of echoes that same port, chord progression or, or does something complementary to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually just got this Prophet 8 from my friend last night because I'm going to do almost exactly that for yes, thing yeah. that I'm working on. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to have to try that random thing because what I usually do is I use the, the Oct. Um, mm-hmm. So there's like all these LFOs that aren't necessarily in time with each other and they're moving yeah. at different speeds so i'll usually feed two of the slower octs into the gene size and the the uh the scan or uh what is it called the the real yeah yeah um and then that because those those lfos aren't in time with each other they kind of do something similar but i like this idea of like a smooth random to get even mm-hmm. i think that would take that idea a little further see this is why i had you on this is why I'm asking you these questions. I'm like trying to get better at using morphogene. And I think you just gave me a good, a really hot tip there. Just doing your homework for you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I love doing that kind of stuff where it's like it, it meanders. And then one other thing that I, I really love doing is um, um, it's got that kind of, it's the SOS whatever it's called it's it's basically just oh. like a dry wet yeah 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 um and you know i'll i'll use something like uh uh maestro by acid rain um which kind of you can construct your own like repeating lfos basically like mm-hmm. you make them do whatever you want um and i will patch that into the sos so actually something that i did for for the patch that you're going to hear is um I basically patched like a falling wave into the morphogenes SOS, which kind okay. of it acts as a VCA basically. And it, right. it kind of um, gives it this like attack that fades away on like every quarter note or something. So when you, when you say that you're, you're using it as a VCA, you're not, you don't have any signal present for the dry signal then you exactly, like recorded yeah. it and you take yep. it out. Okay. Cool. Yep. cool. Yeah. Um, and then I think that's, that's really powerful because, you know, you have this like repeating rhythm, like, you know, that this element is going to like just happen like every like mm-hmm. quarter note, but it's a little different every time because the, you know, the random is making it go all over the right, place. Right. I really like that because wh- the way I usually do it is like run like a stereo triggered sampler sample into mm-hmm. it and then just kind of manually fade in between what I've got yeah. going on the morphogene and the dry signal. And a lot of the times kind of keep it in the center. Yeah. Um, but I really like this idea of a VCA. I've never thought of the SOS as a VCA, but now, again, thank you for that <laughs> that you did for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I basically never use morphogene as like an effect. I kind of just record into it and then yank the cable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. It's It's just... There's a reason everybody has it and everybody talks about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So is that like the bait? Is, is there more to this patch? I feel like uh, I keep derailing you, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's pretty much it, to be honest. Um, 
and uh, there's a bit of like uh, DFAM that I bring in for you know okay. some some percussion and some rhythmic thing. Um, okay. But no, nothing super exciting there. Um, just you know, just needed a bit of upbeat rhythmic stuff. Um, okay. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's awesome. Well, I will, we're going to get into that patch really soon here. Um, before we go, I think we're around in about an hour. I'm not sure. I don't have my. It's not counting on Zoom. It doesn't tell me. But um, so anything that we haven't covered or talked about that you wanna that you wanna say? Anything that you wanna mention about the album that maybe we didn't talk about? Ooh. Um. Yeah. Good. Good question. Yeah. I mean, you know, the album is been done since about january so <laughs> it's kind it of so long to get the vinyl done doesn't it yeah it's so it's like a little bit of like reaching back into like you know the memory banks um but yeah you know i i, I feel really proud of this one um i think it's definitely way more in the direction i've wanted to go um you know it, it hits harder when it's going hard and it kind of mm -hmm. hugs you tighter when it's like you know, mm -hmm. being a bit more compassionate. Uh, yeah. And I think, actually, yeah, I will say, uh, in, you know, getting back to the actual, like, composition of the album, um, I think I found the solution to gas <laughs> while making oh, yeah? this album. Yeah. Oh, please do share. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, the the funny thing about this album is basically I, uh, you ever go through these crises where you just, like, you're like, oh, I, I just hate everything I own. I'm going to replace all of it. Yeah, yeah. Sort I of, mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's more like I suck at using all this stuff and it's, and it's yeah, the gear's yeah. fault, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, same same vibe. Um, yeah. So basically, like, right before I kind of wrote this album, I had one of those crises. Um, you know, for example, like, I was I was using a dig attack for my drums. And I was kind of like, I, I just hate using samples for drums. So... Mm -hmm. A friend um, had a machine drum that he was selling, so I, I bought it off of him. And you know, this is my first time working with like a fully fledged drum machine. Uh -huh. um, and I just kind of moved away from the dig attack. And and likewise with the modular, I basically like tore out like half of it and replaced a bunch of it. Like um, you know, anything that I wasn't really using just kind of hit the market. Um, I picked up and. Uh, the Metropolis, which I was talking about earlier, and mm -hmm. Atlantis. Um, and that was like hugely inspirational just working with that combo. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, like I just kind of like with all those acquisitions, I kind of, you know, ended up getting really inspired and wrote basically an entire album in like a couple months. But now I'm kind of bored of them. And I think I might just like, <laughs> I think I'm going to set them free and, yeah. you know, move, move on to the next thing. And so, so wait, the, the cure is just get some gears for a specific piece and then you can, then you can get rid of stuff. It's like honestly, a way to quench yeah. that, but also not, that's, I, before I got into modular, that's how I made, that's how I made records. Um, basically because I was too poor to buy a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I'd buy a few things yeah. that I liked, make an album with that. And then I would get rid of it basically trade it in to get more stuff and then yeah. make that the voice of the new album. No, so, exactly. Yeah, I think that's a good idea because gear, especially for people in modular, like I, I know a lot of people try to downplay how, how important the gear is, but gear can be so, so inspirational. Like, yeah. And, yeah. You know, if the interface is really good and it, it, 
behaves in the way that you kind of are you inter you're interested in chasing those things that it kind of leads you down that can be so inspirational for sure yeah and i think i mean at this point i'm kind of like spamming that new gear feeling you know like the first time you <laughs> work with something is either like the most frustrating thing in the world or like you make like the best song you've ever written within uh -huh. like five minutes <laughs> um and you know i mean there's a lot of stuff out there that i'm really curious about um and i am definitely not like a buy it for life kind of person um yeah and you know gear like holds its value so well that i think you can you know honestly just treat stuff as a rental like grab yeah. it for a couple months and like set it free <laughs> um, you know you should do is find like a couple friends who like want to subscribe to the same philosophy and then you know like every, <laughs> you know quarterly get together and do a little swap yeah yeah swap absolutely party. get some get some beers and pizza and do some swapping that sounds like fun actually yeah um Honestly, I mean, I've actually joked about that exact thing with a lot of friends. Like, oh, we should just like <laughs> trade stuff back and forth. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it it was so inspirational to me, basically just like tearing out the studio and like starting over. Mm -hmm. um, and I honestly, you know, I feel really grateful to have like worked with this gear and like come had that experience. But at this point, like, I don't feel like I need to keep doing it. Uh -huh. um, so I feel comfortable just like, you know, moving on to the next thing. So yeah. basically right after like I wrote the album, I like sold a bunch of stuff and then like I I bought every Soma uh piece of gear. Oh like my the, God. do you have the enter? I don't. Oh, I want that so bad. <laughs> I want it so bad. But I just bought a house, so I can't buy a, a synthesizer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, you know, I, I I got the pulsar and the the lyra and the ornament within like the span of like a month, and that was hugely inspirational. Yeah. I recorded a bunch of stuff, and you know, uh, that might be the next album, but I don't know. You know, yeah. I I guess I, you know, I would like to hear what you do with that kind of stuff because I think that I mean, just naturally by the way that stuff works and sounds, it's going to be pretty far off from this album that you're about to release. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But it'll still have your stamp <laughs> on it. Exactly. Is, yeah. 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 And there's there's mainstays, you know, like Morphogene, I'll never sell that or, right. you know, whatever other pieces. Um, and, you know, it's the same composer, like, you know, pulling the, the wires or whatever. So, right, right. Um, yeah, I will say one warning against this thing, this idea that we're talking about is I actually, I think I talked about it on when I was on um, the modular beat with Colorado Modular Synth Society Sign Mountain plug. Um I got rid of my telharmonic after I made my album music to come down to because it was like the main thing that I did there. And I was like, everything's starting to sound like this. I should have just benched it for a while. Yeah. I really regret getting rid of it because it's one of the best modules I've ever had. So I'm like, well, yeah. now I have to fucking pay $270 for one. You know, <laughs> I could have just like put it in a box, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely kind of, yeah, shelved stuff and come back to it later like yeah um because actually morphogene i i've owned it twice now i you know i i didn't uh -huh. get it the first time i sold it and then like a week later i was like shit now i yeah. get it <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and i think what i have found with stuff that i come back to if i leave it sit for a while i'm like i'm not i don't think i'm done with you when i come back to it it's because something pops in my brain and i'm like 
oh, I could do that with that. I never thought of doing that yeah. with this piece of gear before. So I ended up using it. So I don't end up repeating myself typically when yeah. I go back to something. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, in terms of countering gas and, you know, kind of the endless like lust for the next thing, I kind of feel like I've become way more at peace with just like letting stuff go in terms of, uh, Mm-hmm. you know like me and this piece of gear like we had a good run you know i'll yeah, come back think, to it later if i want to but i think that's a great way to to kind of still because there there's a collector's thing yeah. to this it's you know it's such a gear centric way of making music where there's so much hype around the gear and um and it's all just so appealing looking and it all just does all these you know new, and and so like yeah, we don't, we can't afford to just constantly buy stuff. So I think if you are somebody who is always kind of has a wandering eye, your, this idea is pretty good. You just make some hard rules with yourself. Like I'm going to make an album in six months with this stuff or a year. And then I can like do yeah. a big swap out. And that's yeah. a good, yeah. I think a good way to keep you kind of interested in your craft too. Yeah, you for know? sure. And I think, yeah, I think it's just like a, a mental pivot from like, I want to own everything to uh, now i i want to have experienced like playing around with everything yes yes you know because yeah because you get to a certain point where you own a lot of things and it's Mm -hmm. overwhelming and you don't use it all and then you see something really cool sitting on a shelf that you're like you feel bad you're like yeah somebody could be using that right now yeah for sure that's how i think about it a lot of the times you know like this is not a complaint this is me being very <laughs> grateful for being sent a lot of stuff. But when people send me a lot of stuff, you know, as it comes in, I kind of have to move the stuff that the last people sent that I already talked about right. over to the side. And it's like, well, I really like that, I, but I can't use it right now because I'm trying to learn how to use this. Um, and it's just that's the thing that I always think about because I think about me when I first started and how I had four modules and how I would if I would have yeah. come over here and saw how many modules I have just kind of laying out, I would have been like, you need to give those to me. <laughs> and I wouldn't have been wrong, you know, like I, I, I want to like, you know, put these back out into the, the wild, but I'm also yeah, not absolutely. Them, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Trying not to be a, is it a miser? Or what is it? Or a hoarder or it's something? a glutton. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we need to make the seven deadly sins of modular. Yeah. Gluttony. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. When I, uh, we talked about, I guess before, before we were rolling, um, I moved recently mm-hmm. and uh, my my girlfriend and, and my dad was they were helping me pack up the studio and uh, you know we we were looking at the modular we're like wow there's a lot of stuff there and then I like opened like the drawers on the desk that it was sitting <laughs> on <laughs> and they're like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so that that was kind of a, a wake-up call I think it's yeah you know, time to hit the old Facebook marketplace. <laughs> you, you need to you need to hit up Reverb and be like, "Hey, we need to make the the Akil Adam uh, Reverb store, you know, like they do with like Billy Corgan." And- yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Well, man, thank you so much for coming back on. This was a blast. I can't wait to listen yeah, thank to the patch that you just laid out for us. And uh, I love the new album. When is that coming out? October twenty sixth. October 26th. Okay. Yeah. So that, let's see, what is today? Pretty soon. It'll out, yeah, it'll be out soon. This, I'm trying to do some math. This is really, this is really entertaining 
it will be out a, a, in a week from when you're listening to this. So. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, is there any like teaser tracks? Like, is there anything they can listen to? Yeah, there right are, uh, there are two singles out now. Um, okay. the most recent tracks I released, uh, they're called descent and Drexia 1619. Oh, okay. So you're getting yeah. into some Drexia stuff on this. A little bit, you know. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was talking about the, you know, Metropolis Atlantis combo kind of uh-huh. getting a little bit more into the kind of trancey, repetitive riffs kind of territory. Uh-huh. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I just had uh, Frey Frey, daughter of Drexia, on the show, and we, we went yeah. into the whole the whole mythology and stuff. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, right on. Well, yeah, thanks again. I'll put links in the show description and... Uh, yeah, if you, is there anything you want to scream from the mountain, the modular mountaintops before I stop recording? Oh, I have, I have no idea, you know. I feel like you just screamed <laughs> a bunch of stuff that people can take into heart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, stick with it, you know. Uh, it can be super frustrating for a very long time, but uh, I think it's very rewarding once you get to that place. Absolutely. I, I, I echo that into the, the canyons of modular world. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again, man. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much. All right, we're going to get into Akil's patch here in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about the Circuit Rhythm, which is a versatile sampler for making and performing beats. Record samples directly to the hardware, then slice, sculpt, and resample your sounds effortlessly. Capture your groove quantized or off-grid into the sequencer and layer up across eight sample tracks. Invigorate your live set with performance effects. Embrace imperfection with the lo-fi, stutter. Um, It's just the beat repeat. It's got all sorts of cool stuff. Integrate circuit rhythm into your studio or unplug and create anywhere utilizing the built-in rechargeable battery you know that's my favorite aspect of it for sure um well not my favorite aspect of it i really love that part of it Um, i think my favorite aspect of it is uh just how incredibly intuitive it is and easy to use um you know i'm not really a stock sample sort of guy i have still yet to upload my own samples onto it because i'm having so much fun with what came pre-programmed on it and um i'm just stumbling across new features on it that I actually just kind of figured out because I'm starting to learn like, oh, hey, this does this and that. Oh, well, this must be how this works. And yep, that does. That is like the velocity of each of each sample hit within your grid. Like it's just there's all sorts of button combinations, but it's labeled so, so well. And it's just so like amazingly designed that this UI is just kind of kind of blowing my mind and that's something we've talked about a lot on this show is how important the user interface of a piece of gear is and uh, I think Novation knocked it out of the park with this uh, this circuit rhythm so yeah head over to NovationMusic.com to learn more about the circuit rhythm and without any further ado here is Akil's Patch
Gorgeous. Lovely. Profound. Adjective. Ah, not trying to make light of that. That was great. That was amazing. And how cool was it to actually have him, you know, walk us through what we were about to listen to. Um, I hope I hope we all learned something from that. I know I learned some morphogene tricks from him. Um, but yeah, what an excellent synthesis. Thank you one more time, Akil, for coming on. Um, don't forget about his new album, Swim Simeon. Speaking of which, I have a couple copies that I can get rid of. And I even have a couple copies of the seven inch split that he did with Fossilize Me. So if you would like to enter to win one of these uh, beautiful pieces of vinyl on the Instagram post announcing this episode on my page, I want you to comment with the words, if evolution is real, then why is there still wolves? Once again, if evolution is real, then why is there still wolves? Um, and you will enter yourself to win. And I will draw this winner when I get back from the show that I'm playing this coming weekend in Colorado with our Benny and Gerald Fjord and Sign Mountain and Alex from Nasty Nachos. Uh, we're doing a Colorado Modular Synth Society show on Friday. And then we're going to be doing some, uh, some workshop stuff on Saturday in 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 boulder so the show's in denver workshops in boulder uh i'm still not quite sure exactly what my workshop's gonna be but i'm pretty sure i'm gonna just be demoing uh and explaining how the dirty laundry and the Benjolin work because they're they're two of our best modules over here at after later audio and i think they're maybe some of the more misunderstood and once you understand them you will want them i promise maybe even going to be giving away some modules i don't know yet Thank you to Secret Aardvark Sauce, my favorite hot sauce in all the world. I say that, I've said that before, they became sponsors. I'm just overjoyed that they are sponsors. It, I, I can't tell you how excited I am about that. Um, but yeah, head over to secretardvark.com to uh, get yourself the, uh, you can get a four pack of all their sauces for under $30 shipped anywhere in the US. So yeah, please, please do that. Helping the sponsors helps the show. You can also help the show by signing up for Patreon. It's kind of slowed down, to be honest. I know times are tight and it's getting weird with the economy and stuff, but if you can't afford it and you want to support the show, it uh, it really does help a lot. Um, so you can head over to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. Thank you to Novation. Um, just like Secret Aardvark, uh, it's very easy to do the ads for the circuit rhythm because I, I truly just think it's an absolutely amazing piece of gear. Um, and then, yeah, check out afterlateraudio.com, patchworks.com, our lovely synth shop here in Seattle. And finally, thank you to Empress Effects if you picked up a Euro Bureau because you heard about it here on PodMod or I convinced you that you wanted one. Don't forget to fill out on the Euro the uh the warranty card that uh yeah you heard about it here thank you so much for tuning in once again that is our show until next week <laughs>